Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 693. We are very excited to be performing at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Oh my god, there's going to be so much stuff. I'm moderating a bunch of panels, and we're doing two live podcasts at Balboa Theater Saturday night, and I'm doing stand-up Friday night, and there'll be some special guests there, and some special guests at the podcast, and then Nerdist is doing a thing, which we'll announce soon, and we're having our own panel, and uh, basically, I'm not going to sleep for like four or five days, but, uh, but it's always worth it. Uh, if you want tics to, tickets to the shows, to the stand-up shows, and to the podcast shows, go to funcomfortabletour.com. Uh, some other stuff happening in the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Uh, the Nerdist School. So if you want to learn uh, sketch, improv, whatever, come to the Nerdist School. It's located next to our Nerdist showroom right there at Meltdown Comics. There are two level one classes currently open as well as uh, a level one musical improv class for the melodically inclined. Uh, if you've been doing improv for a long time, then you also just cannot. It's, it's such a little community that had, it, it, just, it, just, it just sprang up. It was just like, we planted some seeds and it just sprang up. I'm so proud of the Nerdist School. I'm so proud of it. So go to Nerdist.com slash school to get info. Uh, and you're not just taking classes. You're becoming a part of the, uh, part of the community. And, uh, and we'd, lo- we'd love to have you there. Uh, also, two listeners, Kim and Jody, are, made a book called The Little Book of Disorders. Kim writes, I use my personal experiences to create a book filled with illustrations and pop culture references that makes disorders easy to understand. With the help of a few professionals, it offers a way to talk about them with loved ones. Find more info at littledisorders.com. This episode is Janet Montgomery, who is essentially the queen of the witches. Essentially the queen of the witches. I started watching Salem last year. I love the show. It's super fun. It's we're, we're into season two right now. As you may know, Shane West, a.k.a. John Alden, was on a couple weeks ago, and he was awesome. And Jenna Montgomery is awesome. And uh, she was also in an episode of Black Mirror that was real good. So uh, Salem is on Sundays at 10 p.m. on WGN. So here's the Nerds Podcast, number 693, with the British Janet Montgomery. Katie, roll the thing! Now entering... Nerdist.com I do. 
sounded dirty when you said it that way. You want a little cream in your Americana? You make him set like that. You're like, I do, coffee, I do. Like, Kyle, unbutton your shirt slowly and then ask me if I want any cream in my coffee. <laughs> and say cream in cream. your coffee. Do you want any cream <laughs> in your coffee? I'm Chris. This is Matt. That's Katie. Hi. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are I'm you? I'm so excited that you're on because um, the same at the same period we already started recording, by the way, and you can swear, say whatever you want. Oh, good. Um, Fuck you. No, yeah. kidding. Well done. Well done. <laughs> She's doing hey. it. The same time at the end of last year that my girlfriend and I started watching Salem, a friend of mine at BBC also sent me the Christmas episode of Black Mirror, which was amazing and also utterly heartbreaking. Thank you so uh, much. At, at the same time. Oh, I'm so glad you saw it because a lot of people in America haven't seen it. No. But they're fans of the show because they've seen it on Netflix. So I feel like it was – no one's seen the Christmas special here yet. We've been – did they put the Christmas special on Netflix yet? No, they I haven't. Know. I've been illegally downloading it. So. Wait, oh, wait, wait, smart. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, I mean, you know, if they're going to geo-block things. I don't make residuals yeah. on that. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. I fucking download that shit. I'm not going to No, we've been, extolling, we've been extolling the virtues of Black Mirror for, for quite a while now. Yeah, and Charlie Brooke is an awesome oh, writer. He's amazing. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. What was your favorite episode of it? Um, the, well, the Christmas episode I loved uh, because it was so sad. I and mean, Rafe, Rafe Spall, who's in it, is fantastic actor yes, as well. Yes, yeah. my favorite episode. I don't know. They're all sort of, I mean... I like the first one. The first one is first so one is shocking. So, Me too. Just like... Out of left field, you're like, you're not sure what you're going to watch because you're watching the first episode. And it left like, me then... feeling so uncomfortable for days. <laughs> like the whole like the 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 uh, prime minister fucking a pig on TV. It was like he was in such a conundrum. I was like, I don't know what I would do either. Like he's got to save this girl's life. Well, I mean, I guess you've got to fuck the pig. Yes. you just got to man up and fuck the pig, right? <laughs> and how specific the instructions were mm. for... How I mean, without spoiling too much, uh, he fucks a pig, and then uh, <laughs> and then some other stuff happens. But but I think the, just the idea that there there's this kind of like dystopian technocracy that's I don't know how else to describe it. It's just it's all part of one world. And uh, but I also loved the I think the most heartbreaking episode was the one where he's replaying like with, with his mm. uh, that was with Toby Kebbell. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, that one was that one was one of those ones where afterwards you just need a minute. Mm-hmm. After the episode, to just to feel okay yeah. again, and, uh, and he rips it out. That's what cigarettes are for, yes. bro. What? That's what cigarettes are for. Smoke. You just go out, smoke a cigarette. You're good. You know what's weird is it in my dream per, in my dreams. Yeah, I've been smoking for like two and a half decades. Like good in my in, in, in my dreams, I smoke in my dreams. And I'm what like, do you smoke? Cigarettes, just oh. cigarettes. Why have I been doing this for twenty some years? And uh, well, when did you quit? Oh, uh, like. 12 years ago hmm. maybe your subconscious hasn't caught up to your conscious maybe it's because i think it's symbolic of something that's more about uh, destructive choices Interesting. and then it's more of like why am i continuing to do things you know like why do i make destructive choices that i know are bad for me i don't think it's really about the smoking at all it's too little but you only do it in your dreams in real in life dreams. you're like not destructive at all well i, I think <laughs> you I, dream I, of being more destructive <laughs> i think i have destructive tendencies but in general i don't i don't I was destructive when I was young, but I don't think I am anymore. Are you? I mean, I'm probably... I, I feel like someone who's destructive often can't see it themselves, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. You should probably ask, like, my mother or, like, my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> they would probably describe me as destructive. I just feel like I'm free-spirited. Free-spirited. You know? That's a... That's a, that's a... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a that sounds like a younger person's way of describing destructive. <laughs> I'm just I just like to have fun, you know. I just I just roll with it. Or an old German swinger. Yeah, I'm just a lover, just a not a fighter. Spirit. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just a free spirit. I just like to have fun. <laughs> well, you're in Shreveport most of the time. Yeah, because Shane was on last week, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was. It's his birthday today, and I have to say, happy birthday, Shane! Happy birthday, Shane! When this goes up, this will not be his birthday. So we hope oh, you we'll had until next year. Wonderful birthday! Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> He was super nice. I get the sense that the people on, that your cast seems super, super nice. Super oh, chill. I mean, they're amazing. Everyone, everyone in the cast gets along so well, and I feel like we're all in Shreveport together. Everyone's away from home, so you all do things together more than if you live in New York or LA or London because you have your own lives to go home to. But we're all just like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? Should we like, <laughs> hang, should we go to the one restaurant that we all go to again?" And you're my yeah. friend group. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah, we've become sort of like a, a weird Shreveport family. Because I see, uh, uh, I think I saw, I think I saw the guy who plays Cotton Mather at I went Seth, to, Seth, Seth Gable, yeah, at the Jurassic World premiere last night. But I wasn't. His wife was in it, so he was there. Oh, yeah, who's his wife? Bryce Dallas Howard. That's his, his wife? wife. Yeah, I had no idea. I know. How did he get her? No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Seth. You know I'm kidding. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that boyish charm. Yeah, it's a, no, he's amazing. If he's just secretly a huge fan of Happy Days, just trying to get close just, to just Ron. Just trying to get closer to Ron Howard. <laughs> Hey, did your dad still talk about Henry? <laughs> uh, and I wanted to go up to him and be like, "I'm really, I really love Salem," but I didn't because I don't. Why compliment someone? Yeah, I, it's not <laughs> like compliment. Yeah, someone. we hate to hear that. I just hate it when people love us or love our show. It's like, oh, go away! Like what? this happens all the time. I'm just self conscious about it. Listen, they... he's there. It's his wife's big night. Of course, he's gonna want to hear someone like something he does. Yeah. No, but I, I just you I... really should have gone up to him, man. That was a real faux pas. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you why. Because I play it out of my head, and I go, "Well, here's how this would go down." Hey, man, I'm a really big fan of your show. Thanks. Um, good night. Like I just feel like it's just sort of an awkward. Yeah, but that's still a fine exchange. No, see, I think I would be more like that because I never know what to say. But Seth would be so great if you went up and you said, "Hey, I really like you, your show, and love you on it." He would like get into a great conversation with you about it. He's so good at that. He's he should be on this show and not me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting is that he's he's married to Bryce Dallas Howard and he seems to be obsessed with redheads on Salem with Tamsin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it goes back to the wrong. Who isn't even a real redhead, by the way? Oh, really? Yeah, she's blonde, but how it really suits her. The red hair, ginger. I know it totally works. Well, not only her, but then the other, the girl he was seeing in the first season, Gloriana, that that gets banished. The whore, yeah, 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 yeah. She is literally a whore. It's okay to say it's she's okay. a whore. It's okay. That's what she plays. She, she's a whore. She is absolutely a whore in that thing. You, do you, uh, how did you come to the project? Did you just audition for it or had they seen you in something or what was the... Uh, I was in London at the time, living in London and Branham Braga was in, also in London. He's the show creator working on Cosmos and he organized sort of like a meeting with me to talk to me about the project and then from there I... I didn't fly out to LA to like test or anything. I just did an audition. And then about four months later, they were like, hey, you got the job. I was like, oh, what job? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What are, you, what are you talking about? I oh. feel like it has to go through so many people that it takes forever and you forget about things. And I was like working on something else in Canada and then it came back around and suddenly I was in 1600 Salem, but in Shreveport. You know, I always feel especially it, just it's hard not to watch the show and go, 
oh my god, she had to be in that crazy dress traipsing through the mud all day. And I'm that- so glad you. I'm so glad you watch the show and you think about things like that. I do. Your your costumes are so. Mary Sibley's costumes are so intricate. Your wardrobe is so intricate, and but most of the thing you're basically stepping over plague bodies and mud, and uh, it just seems like I wonder if that. I wonder if that was fun to shoot that day. Like it, it looks, it looks like it's a little bit of a. I mean, it's probably not fun if I'm like traipsing through the crags in a massive dress. <laughs> but there was a fun, there was a funny moment last year when we were doing episode thirteen, which was like an intense episode, and I was really tired. It was about two in the morning, and I was doing a scene with um, Isaac, mm-hmm. who's Ido Goldberg. And I had these long necklaces on, and they got caught on the arm of the chair as I stood up, and so I was like. And I ended up like going, like screaming. And it was awful. I mean, the whole crew just laughed at me, but I got so frustrated because I have so many pieces. I have to be like very careful all the time. But then I'm asked to like, you know, fight with someone or like do a spell. I'm like, guys, like I can't even move right now. Look how much I have on me. Real witches probably weren't in completely intricate traipsy uh like jewelry right right i mean you you need your i mean maybe they would take it off you know maybe they would take it all off first i always feel like when mary does her magic i always like her to be with all of it off like i feel like the mary sibley that that salem see and know is like the puritan mary sibley is very grand yeah but i think like the witch mary is like very earthy and she wants to just get in a nightgown or get naked and stick a toad in someone's mouth she's very earthy (laughs) you've done a good job you guys have done a good job of making you side with the witches and making you want to light up all the puritans basically I know. We've been lucky to have some very <laughs> unlikable Puritans, like especially Jeremy this year. Like you love to hate him. You know, like oh, Jeremy yeah. Crutchley. He's like a, um he plays Hawthorne and he's just such an asshole that you're like, Oh, just kill him, Mary. And la- kill last him. season was Increase Mather, yeah. who was uh just a dick. You know, it's funny, I thought Cotton was gonna end up being the dick of the series. And then there was a, a a mega dick being his father, and then you start to like you start to like Cotton. You start to feel sorry for Cotton. I think that's what's so great about the writing is you feel one way about a character, and it can turn on a dime once you see it. I kind of felt like it when I watched the Jinx with Bob Durst because I felt like <laughs> they led all led it up to it with like his mom like watching his mom like kill herself and stuff, and you feel sorry for him, and then you're like you have to remember the things he's done, but it's like. People are more complicated than that. What'd you do? Shoved a frog in a man's mouth. That's Hello. what you did. And I did it for a reason. <laughs> I you had, had to a keep very, quiet. You had a very good reason. <laughs> well, there's there's also the whole, I mean, you know, the sort of like rampant socially accepted sexism of like, well, you can't own property if you're a woman and you have your 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 place is tied to the husband. So of course you would have to of course you would have to do that. Yeah, and as a woman in this age, even just hearing a man say that, knowing it's acting, like my blood boils. Of course. And so it's it's kind of easy actually to play Mary because she's sort of like how I would feel. Yeah. Uh, oh thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. I would love to find out what the something that I'm I'm never a hundred percent clear on is what the rules of the of the magic is, what the rules are within the world because sometimes it just seems like oh why don't you just like why don't you just like light that guy up with fire like you're a witch why don't you just like that you know yeah sometimes I find out I have powers that I didn't even know know I had and I'm like hey guys did. I didn't know I could do this. Why didn't I just do that in the last episode? That would have made things easier. I feel like the magic, you know, they keep it very grounded, but then there are things like with the with the fire that was coming out, which came from like the Mary's progressing magically. So I think you, we have to accept that her powers are going to get stronger with like the grand right being 
nearly complete. Right. Complete now. Right. It, yeah, it's complete. It's I'm episode two 10. episodes into the next season. Uh, uh, which because I'm I'm behind on everything, but I'm two episodes. It's just not good season. enough, Chris. So I, it's not. <laughs> Sorry, I'm you're kidding. Right. Flog, flog, flog. I'm kidding. But I have seen the introduction of Lucy Lawless. Yes. As uh, as another, uh, without giving too much away, as another uh, force of nature to contend with. It seems. I mean, there. It's obvious that there's all this. There seems to be this chess game of witchcraft that's happening right now mm-hmm. in and around Salem and there's a lot of different pieces sort of moving yeah this is like the season of the witch war is what they called it and I think that there's these you go throughout the season and Mary definitely doesn't see all the threats that are around her and who you think the witch war might be with like Mercy or it might be with Anne you don't know where the threat's coming from and I think that's pretty exciting do are we supposed to like Mary do you think Honestly, I, I mean, I like her, but I sort of have to because I right. play her. I feel like I feel like sometimes you like her, and sometimes you think, "What the hell are you doing?" Right. I feel like she's one of those char- she's a she's a really well written character because you you don't know how you feel about her, but you can't help but sympathize with her. It's like she's a, she's a survivor, right? And she scrambled her way to where she is, and she just keeps surviving. I think you can't help but admire that in someone. So when you said you were they found you in London, what where where did you come from? What did you what did you do? Like what was your what was your path? Oh gosh. Start um, from the beginning, day 0. Okay. Well, I was born um to uh my mother uh Anne, she she had me and I had an older sister. I grew up in Bournemouth. Then when I was 16, I went a little crazy. I was like, I'm moving out. Free spirit. I'm leaving school. <laughs> so I did, that, I did those things. Um, but I, I always danced. So I got a scholarship to a ballet school in London. And my parents didn't want me to go. And I was like, well, I'm going to go. And then I paid, for, I paid for my living. I lived in London, paid for like my living and stuff. I worked at Pizza Hut for three years. Nice. Whoop, whoop, were, you, out pizza were you dancing pizzas to people's homes? I was not, but okay. I just did a lot of children's parties there. It's a little different in England. It was a little bit more of a restaurant in England. Oh, okay. oh you did children's parties oh, at okay. Pizza Hut for like, for like three years. Pizza Hut hires dancers in England? No, I was a waitress, but like oh. I would just be like, they, they just hire like fun people, you know? Like, gotcha. They like actors and <laughs> gotcha and dancers and people that just don't work a lot. So oh, like, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I did notice that about Pizza Hut when I was in London. Characters. I was like, that looks nothing like Pizza Hut back home. <laughs> yeah, it look, it's kind of fancier in England, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Pizza Hut here is just feels like kind of like you just grab a pizza. Yeah. But in London, it's like... Come to the salad bar and sit down. I also was like thrilled with the subway having three pound footlongs <laughs> instead of five dollars. I was like, conversion's okay. I'm into it. <laughs> so you worked at Pizza Hut for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. As I was going, and I went, and I graduated dance school. And then when I left, I was like, oh, I don't really know if, if I'm going to be a dancer or that's what I want to do. And then I uh, started working in theater doing like musical kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then I produced a play and that I was in with a guy called Gethin Anthony. He was in the first few seasons of um, Game of Thrones. He's a okay. great actor. And I got an agent and then I worked a little bit in England and then came out to America. Just like, I was like, I'm just going to go out there and see what it's like. And then I didn't really seem to leave. Like I moved back to England, but I, I work more over here. It just sort of suits me, I guess. I mean, it does, it does seem like England has a, sm- if you can start working in the, in the machine, 
in England, it just feels like it's it's like that you see the same people appear and stuff yes. over and over and over and over. Yeah, it's over a tight knit network. Whereas I, it's one of the things that I do like about America is that they see everyone and they give everyone a chance. Whereas in England, they're like we see like three people and we don't want to give everyone a chance. <laughs> it is it's more of like it's a different culture, and I love that like ever you know anyone can go. I'm going to move to LA, and they can kind of get a chance to go to an audition and stuff. Whereas right. in England, you just can't in the mm. same way. Does Salem Air in England? Not yet, no. Really? But it does in like Germany. And when I was in Paris last year, like there was a guy that was like, I'm such a big fan of the show. And I was like, it's so weird that I'm in Paris and this guy watches Salem. Because in England, no, like it's not on. And do you think it's uh, – like where where do you think – you or do you just want to work wherever you find jobs that you like? Or do you think like, I'll be really cool to work a ton in America or I'll be kind of cool to go back home and be in a bunch of stuff there? Well, like right now it's just me and my dog. So definitely – like I <laughs> – I, I, I like to work. I mean, I have like my friends and everything, but in London, it's always nice to work there because I've got like some good friends there and I'm closer to my family. Mm-hmm. In LA, it's nice because I've got fr- friends here since I moved here when I was like 23. New York, I love. But like, I kind of just choose it from the scripts, I guess. Yeah. You know, and the parts I don't, I'll go anywhere. Like, I'll try it out once, you know? Like, I was like, Shreveport, I've never been. I guess I'll go. Mm. Why not? And what do you do in the. I assume you're waiting to find out if, do you know if there's going to be a season three yet? No, I've not been tired. I don't know. Do you? No. <laughs> well, then no. I'll make a call. I don't know. I don't know. So <sighs> are you basically, do you have to wait until you find out or can you audition for other stuff or are there other things you're working on? Or? Well, there's like, I do, I do audition for other stuff. Like in, cause we, we work like six months and I get six months off. Mm-hmm. I tend to do other, like I did Black Mirror right. last year and I did a movie with um, Jason Biggs uh, which hopefully will go to Toronto, they're hoping. It's like a comedy movie. But this year, like, I'm just reading scripts. I've been to a few auditions. I wasn't very good in them. It takes me a while to get back into the whole auditioning thing again. <laughs> Why do you like, think you weren't good in the auditions? Because I'm still Mary Sibley right now a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you want you want uh, a light bubbly girl from, from New York? I uh, don't know if I've got that in me right now. I feel like I'm still just Mary Sibley. It'll take me like a month to probably shake I her. I will tear you asunder. Yeah. No, um, this girl's fun. She's supposed to be fun. <laughs> and I'm like crying. Tears in my face. I'm like, oh, I understand. I get it. Yeah, fun. I had to sacrifice my baby in a forest. No. No, I think you're bringing some other things to this oh, that you <laughs> I mean it do you ever think about overall the type of like the direction that you want to go in or do you sort of work job to job I mean do you have a do you have a grand plan what do you see you know it's it's an interesting question because I think I flip between I, I don't really know because I think I've learned on the job a lot, you know, like I've kind of progressed in my career. And as you go on, I'm learning the things that I don't want to do and the things that I am attracted to. Like I'm I'm definitely attracted to like good writing, but it's it's hard to find. actually, sure. And it's a it's a challenge as an actor to to put your trust in like new writers or like new directors. I do like working in television because I like watching a character grow and I, I like the community and like feeling like I have a st- stable job. Um, and I, I watch more television than I do movies now as well. Like I, there's so few movies that I want to go see. They often they're like old ones. I watch old movies. Sure. So yeah, but television's different. I'm loving so much television now. Film also moves glacially. I mean, it, it, yeah, like you film it like two years ago and you're like, Oh no, I'm promoting it. Like who can remember what they were doing two years ago? Not me. <laughs> What was your motivation? I don't know. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> I barely remember that I did this. <laughs> I wonder if you are, uh, if you're a free spirit, can you have a grand plan? 
Or do you feel like do you feel like that having the structure of a television schedule has sort of made you made you more of a regimented individual? No, I don't think so. I mean, it well, maybe it is good for me in some ways. I think I just I've started to see that unabashedly I like making money and I like working. When I'm not working, I sort of feel like an empty vessel. Right. And maybe that's because I like I'm not like married with kids or anything, but I sort of feel a bit kind of empty like I'm not doing anything in the world. But whereas when I'm creating something or working on something, even if I'm like, well, I kind of wish it was a Fincher movie or whatever, I can still feel like I'm doing something and it makes me feel like I have a purpose. By the way, I still think even if you had, yeah, if you, even like if you were married with way. kids, you could still feel empty. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I'm sure. You, yeah. You, I, I think um, particularly in this business, it's, it's so – there's so much um, having to deal with idle – like what you know when you when your when your mind is active but you don't have an outlet for it particularly acting it's not like you can go eh, I'm just going to swing by the acting gym and uh do some acting squat like you can't mm-hmm. just go do the thing that you do until someone says okay now you can do the thing that you do Yeah I'm, I I started working with this great acting coach um, Martin Ledworth like 2 years ago and he's with me out in Shreveport and works with me and he also works with a couple of the other cast members but mainly with me and he changed like my whole process of acting in such a way that I really enjoy the work. Like, the work is so gratifying. Like, going through the scripts, like, doing my kind of, like, breakdown of the characters and each script. And I, I'm, like, I'm a nightmare for writers because I notice, like, so I, any mistake, like, I'm on it. <laughs> but that's all part of it for me. And I think that makes me feel like I'm not just rocking up, like, well, it might work, it might not. Like, I, I like to prep and, like, have some technique right. how I'm going to do things. The downtime is the worst because um, I feel like that's when... It, that's when people do the worst thing that they do, which is to take stock of the rest of their life. It's like, no, if you're already if you're already in a depleted state, don't start taking on all the big ticket items at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the that's the dangerous spiral that mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah. So in the it, it, do you do you experience that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've just got to LA, and I'm like, okay, shall I buy a place in LA? Like, I've just got here, and I'm like looking at places to buy, but I'm also looking at rentals. But it's like I have to figure out my. I instantly think I have to figure out real life stuff now. Like, where am I going to live? You know, <laughs> it all becomes very overwhelming when you've been in a bubble playing a character. Just like every decision's kind of decided for you. You're like, what time am I going to work tomorrow? Five thirty. Okay. Right. You, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm stuck here until the end of may before i can figure out real mm. life stuff but Do i'm you, sure i can just get another job and have and then i won't have to deal with my own life again <laughs> that's my real plan i like just please like let me do something else and then i don't have to deal with my own life <laughs> <laughs> is that the uh, is that the jenna montgomery autobiography putting off my life yes i think that's definitely what my, <laughs> if you, for the last three years yes <laughs> i don't think there's anything wrong with that it is by the way i think it's a good time to buy it's a decent time to buy a house I, I hear that, but it's so expensive. It's an expensive time to buy yeah. a house, it's an right? Expensive, well, here. It's an expensive time to buy a house here. It's also a little tricky because um, uh, my mom's a real estate agent, so I hear about this stuff all the time. Um, but And I bought a house a couple of years ago. But it but you have a lot because the market's recovered, and so you have a lot of foreign investors coming in and literally just paying cash for shit, and you can't... You can't compete with you that. You can't compete with that. Yeah. So it, 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 it is a little tricky, but if you can find a place, it's a it's it's good because... The rates are continuing to go up. And you can always rent it if you go away somewhere. Yeah. Well, that was my issue is like I think I've been living like a gypsy because I've known – I go to Shreveport. I carry like five suitcases and I've got like a couple of boxes of stuff with me. 
Um, but I don't really have like a home at the moment. Like I just like I go. I know I go to Shreveport six months out of the year, and the rest of the time I'm like I go to LA for a few months, and maybe I'll go to New York, go back to London. But I kind of need a place for my shit now. Yeah. You know, I'm like, even if I'm going to go away and like waste money when I go back to Shreveport, I, I think it's time, like I'm 29 years old, I should probably like think about maybe having a real home. Have you acquired a bunch of shit yet or are you still, is it because you haven't been able to plant any roots, you don't have a I just don't really care about shit for longer than like a month. Mm-hmm. So like I'll love something and then I'll be like, I can easily throw things away. Like if, someone went and stole my three suitcases right now i'd be like oh thank god because then i just have to like em- i don't have to empty them like, i just have to buy new stuff i, I just went through the pro i i moved into a house i spent a couple of years remodeling a house and i moved into it mid last year and i had nothing i had a mattress and like i bought two bean bags to sleep on and then i and hang I on he had he also had an xbox I had I had an Xbox, obviously, <laughs> and, and a TV. Okay, I had an Xbox to connect to the TV, and uh, and I spent seven or eight months, and I'm just kind of now finishing amassing all of the stuff that makes up the house, and it's really fun. The getting the stuff is really fun. Is it fun or is it like annoying? No. Are you like looking at different spoons in Bed Bath and Beyond? Like, how do I choose which one? Because that's me. I'm like, I can't choose a rug. It takes me like four years because I'm like, I don't want to commit to it in case it's not the right color. Like, okay, oh, this is very interesting. This is very interesting. I feel like I'm starting to see a little bit of the Matrix code. This is like Janet therapy, Montgomery. isn't it? Kind of. This, I feel like I'm sat with my therapist right now. Kind of. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. And at any time you can tell you can tell me to go fuck myself, and I I will completely I I, I will comply. Maybe not literally. Well, not now. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> I don't know if you would. So, uh, Makes uh, one of us. <laughs> but so far, so far, uh, it's interesting to hear, you know, you, you use the word gypsy, so you kind of lead this nomadic lifestyle, and you're like, well, I don't want to, like, kids and men, but I don't want to be tied down, and I just kind of like this other people saying to show up, and then you say, like, I don't, about the commitment of buying spoons. Yeah. So, what do you think? What do you think that is? Like, what do you what do you think that mechanism is? I guess I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Analacris. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't no, know. No, I'm curious. You know, like, and believe me, if this gets too, if I'm prying too much, I, I, I I'm not. But I'm just so interested to hear because I'm a, you know, I am a dude, but I don't feel like I think that way. You know what it is? Then I think it's interesting you ask what I want for my career in the future. I I'm still sort of deciding. I think and. Uh, how you know where I've come from that it means that there's so much and now I have so many options almost that it's like I can't commit to anything because I'm figuring out exactly what will make me happy because I feel like the next sort of step will be like the one that I'd like settle in hopefully yeah I I think that's a I think in a way that's a there's almost a myth a mythology to that where people go like because uh you know, I, I, I have a house and I've owned a couple places, but then when I meet people who haven't bought a house yet, they're like, I just don't know if I can commit to the next 30 years. And I go, yeah, but you could sell it. You know, like it's yeah. not it's not the I don't think it's necessarily the the permanent. It's like a the, four and a half, five year commitment. <laughs> but I mean, can I? But it's quite stressful, like the whole process of like buying a house and then like having a mortgage. Like I, I have a mortgage in England on a flat that I bought in London. I still don't understand the mortgage and I, I never will and I'm just like oh it's so stressful. but like yours is weird because the queen owns it and you gotta rent it from her and it's oh, not the same so, it's so stressful yeah is it what? much easier here yeah 
You don't. I don't. Am I, am I correct about this? Do you? Can are you? You don't necessarily. You don't literally own the property in in in, in part in, in London. Like you, the Queen. Like the the Queen owns the property, and you like rent it from the. Well, that, there's certain. Pa- I think there are certain parts of London like that, and I'm not sure who. Are, mine's owned by like the council, but I lease it from like the London Council. Right. So I have like a hundred year lease on my right. place. Right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. So if I last a hundred years, then but otherwise I guess you just pass it down or right. Know. But it's, then after a hundred years, they're like we're taking it back now. Yeah, it, it's something <laughs> weird where you don't. Wow. Yeah, it, it, there's something because I, I had a friend whose family had a. They're like, oh, you know, he bought a place and. He bought a flat in London. I mean, you know, and then made the joke like, I mean, he's leasing it for 100 years. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, well, you have to lease it. Yeah, but from who the cares? Crown. Do you plan on living more than 100 years? And then you think, oh, do, yes. you don't want spoiled kids that are just like inheriting stuff from you. It's good. It's <laughs> like, you know what? This is for 100 years in case I lived a really long time, but you ain't getting none of it. Yeah, if I ever have kids someday and then like right as I'm dying, I'm going to be like, I sold everything. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> but the uh, there there is there is. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like I feel like people say they want options, but I feel like so, a lot of times people really don't want options because the the, the 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 there's stress, you know. There's a there's there are diminishing returns when sort of like what you said, like well, which spoon is better? I don't know. This one has merits, and this one has merits, and I don't. I don't. I mean, it's, you're almost you almost become inactive because because of choice. And I think that's why maybe I love to work so much because it limits my choice. It's like well, I can't because I have to go to work and I, I have to move here to do this or and I. For me, I think of just the way my life is set up right now is when I'm not working, I can really do whatever I want. Like I could just go go away traveling for a month. I don't know. I just sit on Facebook. So <laughs> I'm, I can do whatever I want and I choose to do nothing. I'll tell you why picking stuff is fun. I thought it was going to be stressful too. And then I discovered that I have a very – with each piece that I would buy, I discovered that I have a very specific thing that I like. And I didn't know that about, I didn't really know that about myself before. So there is like a weird piece of self-discovery because you're seeing, you're seeing your, in a way, your desires and pieces of your psyche manifested in the real world by the objects that you surround yourself with. Okay. So do you, are you like a comfort guy or are you like, is there some sort of like Danish modern thing you like? What is your thing? I I discovered my thing and it has, and I, I came up with a name for it. What is it? Uh, Maya's cheap my, and cheerful. No, not at all. The opposite. It's literally the opposite. Oh, is it? My design aesthetic is a uh, uh, Victorian gentleman serial killer. Ooh. My house is full of 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 antique, like really old stuff and taxidermy and old science equipment and all sorts of weird shit like that. That sounds like Brandon Braga's uh, house as well, who created the show. He and it's he has like red velvet curtains as well, which I'm like, well, this is very like antique yeah. like gentlemany. Like yes. Red a guy like with red velvet curtains, you're like, this guy means business. business. Or he's Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> he might be Dracula. <laughs> have you seen him in the daylight? I have, yeah. Oh, okay, well. all right. Well Daywalker. He's a daywalker. <laughs> but uh, I just went to I just uh, went to Austria and bought uh, there, there's great there's antique there's legitimate antiques there. I feel like all of our antiques. And did you ship them? I did. I bought a I bought um I bought a wardrobe with this from like 1750. It had this like hand painted panels on it, and it's unbelievable. But, but was it expensive to ship? Yes, I mean it was probably like, um, well, I don't know. I mean it was like a thousand dollars to ship it. So I mean expensive, yes. Yeah. But considering the size of it, yeah. I sort of felt like I just sort of in my brain I was like, well, that's just part of the purchase Plus, price. 
if that was for sale over here, it would cost. It would be twice. So it would be twice. Yeah. If yeah. it were here, it would be twice what it was over yeah. there. So when when you're on the road, or when you're you know when you're here in L.A. and you're traveling around, you said you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Is he your home base? Like, is he your little piece of home that yes. makes you feel home wherever you are? Yeah, I mean, last I didn't take him to Shreveport the first season because. I didn't really know if it was going to be too hot in Louisiana for him. And he's like an English bulldog. And it was all quite sudden that I was suddenly like moving to Shreveport. So I left him with my uh, stepdad in England. And that's the longest, that was five months away from him. And that's the longest I've been away from him since he was three months. And I hate it. Like, I love having him with me. Can you just plop him back and forth between England now? Or do you have to quarantine him? Yeah, no, no. I can. He comes back and forth with me because they changed the law in 2013. And now if you're from like Canada, America... I think maybe Australia as well, then you can take you can take your dog to a vet and get them checked for rabies, an oh, accredited cool. vet, and then just get a stamp. And then when you come out, as long as they're like an accredited vet, they know they don't have rabies. Is in he, certain approved countries. Do you, do you travel... Like a free dog agreement. <laughs> <laughs> do you travel with him? Uh, does he just sit up in the front, in the plane with you? Yeah, he sits between my legs, like on the plane. I mean, he's massive. He's like 55 pounds. Oh, Jesus. So really? yeah, I, I don't get to do the whole like carry my dog in a bag thing or anything like that. But it's hard in airports with him because I have to like carry him on a lead through the airport. And everyone's like, oh, and I'm like, it's a service dog. <laughs> for my anxiety don't make me anxious <laughs> please i think you should i think you should dress like mary sibley and then just lead the dog on i a want fancy. him on the show are you kidding i keep asking them but i don't think there's i mean i would like him to be my new familiar the frog is the for your familiar right yeah yeah and now you just have a big bulldog instead <laughs> i think you could just i think you could have a bulldog why not you could turn the, the you're a witch you could turn the frog into a bulldog there's, I'm going to get on it. There's no reason that couldn't happen. It's a, if, if, if Brandon ever says, like, well, why would go, witchcraft, I'm a fucking witch. Make it happen. You know? Yeah. Mary's a, you know, like, she's a, she's a free-spirited lady. She wants, some, one day she'll want a frog, the next day she wants an English bulldog to shove down someone's mind. throat. <laughs> well, I think that's, uh, I, I flew back from, where was I? D.C. I was just in D.C. And there was a couple across the aisle from me that had their cat with them. And the reason I knew they had a cat was because right as we were about to take off, there was this chi- – no one knew they had a cat under their seat. And all of a sudden, there was a chilling – you know that when a cat's really upset? The cat for the th- a third of the flight. And it, it was more off-putting than a baby because the animal sounded evil and distressed. Oh. And there wasn't – there's nothing you can – there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm quite lucky with my dog because he doesn't, I mean, he, he farts a lot on the plane, but you can't <laughs> smell it as bad in the plane. So I'm like, I hope that person next to me doesn't. And he slobbers and drools and pants a lot. But once they start the engines, you can't hear it. So was, I'm like, yes. Was you saying that a slide justification so that you could blame? So I could blame on my dog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got an English bulldog. So I was like, I got to get something that's believable that he farts all the time. <laughs> there are. I've had a number of secret farters on planes lately. Where you just... But you can't really... I feel like I wouldn't know if someone farted next to me on a plane. You can... It's bad? Yeah, yeah I've had a couple that are bad. And... and you think it's the flight attendants? It's, I don't think it's the... <laughs> no, they're not crop dusting up and down the aisle. I just think it's... Uh, <laughs> that made you giggle, Katie? Uh, I, <laughs> it's very hard to crack her, so... It is. <laughs> um, but I... But trying to figure out... Like, I was, I was kind of doing this... Uh, this personality math in my head with everyone in the vicinity and trying to figure out who might be the culpable uh, person who was 
who was doing it. But how? But they would have to be in quite a close proximity, no? Yeah, but it could be. It could be two people two in people front here, and then yeah. there's five people. It could be. Who did you end up choosing? Like, what were what are the, male or female? It was. A, I think it was an. I think it was an older male mm-hmm. sitting in front of me. Yeah. Um, but also, if you're a younger female, it's the perfect crime because everyone's going to think it's the older dude. Of course, yeah. Or the bulldog. Yeah. But oh, awkward. <laughs> well, obviously, wasn't me. <laughs> He's flying makes him very nervous. How? What's his name? Guthrie. Guthrie. Yeah. That's a good dog name. That is a. That's yeah. a great dog name. I like that. Did you live in New York with him? Yeah. Yeah, I did a show in New York, and we lived there for six months. I always feel like owning a dog in New York is trickier because it it just feels like it doesn't. I'm sure people who have dogs in New York would disagree, but it doesn't feel like a dog friendly town when everything is a concrete city block. I mean, LA is the most dog friendly place I've ever been, and it's like a perfect place to have a dog. Shreveport wasn't great because you, they you can't let them off in parks. Like, there's no dog. There's not one dog park in the whole of Shreveport, so you have to always keep him on a lead, mm-hmm. except for when I take him to set, and then he just right. wanders around. But um, yeah, like New York, there are dog parks, but you, it's not as easy to get around. Like you don't, no one really drives in New York. You get in cabs and you've got to get someone who's going to take you and your slobbery dog. Or you've got to <laughs> live near one of like the four dog parks. And do you, is he going to have, a, are you going to get him a, a buddy? I'm, I don't think I could get away with having two service dogs for anxiety on a plane, <laughs> to be honest. I'm very anxious. I mean, I already, I already feel like it's tough with like my massive bulldog and people look at me like... Yeah, right. We all know. We all know. <laughs> I that know. That's not your service dog. Well, he is. He is. He services me, like, with my anxiety. <laughs> Are you an anxious flyer? I know this is a popular show. My doctor's going to, like, next time I go to American Airlines, they're going to be like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you on a podcast, and th- this is This, this is bullshit. dog. Yeah, yeah, and it completely call me out. Also, stop farting on planes. <laughs> what, uh, what was it that made you, I mean, did you adopt him or did you, was it like, I want to find a bulldog? How did you guys? I, I adopted him. Yeah. There was a, a friend of mine um, ended up not being, he, he got this puppy and it was, he was like two months old and he, he ended up going to a rehab. Uh-huh. So he asked me to rehome the dog for him and I was like, I can't, I can't have a dog. Like I would never make that kind of commitment. I'm like, oh, dog, got to find a new home for this dog. But I thought rug choosing was like, bad. <laughs> I was like, why are you barking at me all the time? Just chill out. What, what, what? It was always an issue. Um, but then I, after like two weeks, I just fell in love with him. And like, I'm so glad I did because it's nice having that responsibility. Like, I like wanting to get home to my dog. So it is, it's possible that things in life that we might normally be afraid of, we just adjust to. Yes. I think most people are afraid of change in any way or like sort of sacrificing their freedom. Um, but then sometimes it works. You know, I, I love having a dog. And I, and a I, boyfriend, and I, not so much, but a dog sure. is great. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, relationships are tricky. Mm. Relationships are tricky, especially if you are a performer who travels a lot. Mm. Because, you know, the, the, the craziest thing about being a performer is that other performers... People who aren't performers, it can be challenging because they don't understand. They don't really understand what you exactly what you do, and that you keep weird hours, and that you have to travel a lot. But then people who are performers, you know, we're a kooky bunch. Yeah, everyone's got some wacky baggage. No, and then perfect. if you go with another performer, it's like when are you ever going to see each other? Right. Like if you're always like traveling, it's like 
Unless you're both London actors and then you're just in <laughs> the, and same, you the, sun, the same. You do all, every ridiculous upstairs, downstairs. Oh, you're on Downton Abbey this week? That's yeah. fun. Oh, yeah, well. And every Jane Eyre adaptation that's on the BBC. I'm solving a murder with a priest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Broadchurch. I'm doing Doctor Who. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's got to do Doctor Who. I haven't done it. You haven't done it yet? No, never done it. But I have worked with David Tennant, who was like the Doctor Who for a long time. And he's lovely. And I was like, I really want to do that show. Yeah, I'm wearing Just because you have to. Artist shirt. Yeah, it's a good I mean, it's one. A... Is it from like, when's that? Is that like a, like a 70s shirt? I nah, love it. Nah, someone just mashed up the NASA logo with the TARDIS But on it, it looks like you've got like a vintage t-shirt on. Yeah, I know. It's, cool. it's, it's deceptive. Well, it's also been washed a shit ton. You've had I've worn it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, good that you do your own washing, you this, know, that you wash your shirts. Well, we didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> a person comes in. I have very long days, Matt. I get it. I'm not I'm complaining. Most weekends. Someone does my laundry and I have the shortest days. <laughs> who does your laundry? The, the lovely lady who cleans my house. But does she come once a week? Yeah. So that means you only do laundry once a week. Oh, I've gone uh, before. I used to go thirty days or so without doing laundry. How do you do that? I have that many clothes. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. you got to keep buying new clothes, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or new underwear at there's, least. No, there's been plenty of times. Have you done the thing where, where you turn your underwear inside out because you're no, like, no, 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 I've got to do it. I've, no, when I was younger, target. of course. I have before. No. I mean, you've had. Sometimes you're like, you didn't pack enough knickers or whatever, and you're like, it's got to be done. Yeah. yeah. Well, that when I was younger, I would do that. Now I would just go buy. I would just go buy new underwear and just all right well maybe we don't all make as much money as you chris <laughs> true well this underwear is expensive the people that i pay to place me into my underwear <laughs> place me <laughs> to place me into it you should never your underwear should never have the new creases in them because you just bought it at the store and put it directly on your body like i always kind of wonder like well, I hope this was on, not on another person uh, before I put this on. Let's let's roll the dice and see uh, see how we do. But it, uh, yeah, you know when when I wasn't so busy, I actually kind of liked doing laundry because there's something very ther- the the folding is very therapeutic. It's the only like chore I actually like to do is laundry. I I, can't, I don't like washing up. I, I'm vacuuming. I'm rubbish at like I'm rubbish at all those <laughs> things. But like laundry, I kind of like doing. I like putting it in and getting it out. It's all clean, hanging it out, or like. I like dishes. Like sorting I like through. doing dishes. You like doing dishes? Yeah. But like sticking them in a dishwasher or no, like doing them? like doing them. Oh, I don't. Especially there's a ton of them. Do you I'll, wear marigolds, like, like gloves? No. no. My fiance does, but I don't care for my hands that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, the other day I was doing the dishes and uh, I went to grab a fucking mason jar that was on the side of the sink that was falling in and I grabbed it a split second too late and sliced my finger open. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I See, know. it can be that's dangerous. Fucking, that's why I don't wash up. That's my you know? guitar hands. <laughs> if you wash up, you're going to get critically injured. I just, I just can't risk it. <laughs> my hands are very important for the show. No, I get it. I get Talking it. of that, look at look at this here. So I got stung by this crazy caterpillar in what Louisiana. This is over a month ago, but it's still healing. Um, and I, we had to like send me to the hospital, but I put I've my hand on a tree in a scene. So I was like, and then I was like, I tried to carry on with the scene, but my hand was like on fire. Like I'd stuck it on like a hot skillet. And it was this, um, this crazy caterpillar that they have in Louisiana that has these like poisonous venom, like spikes all over it to protect itself. And I had like an allergic reaction to it and stuff, but it's still healing. And no one would warn you. Why? Okay. If you're going to shoot in Shreveport, uh, don't touch the spiny caterpillars. Well, everyone's too worried about the snakes. So oh, of none of us are worried about, we didn't realize how bad these caterpillars were. 
So I was like, so I felt kind of embarrassed. I was like, hey, I feel kind of embarrassed that I'm going because I got stung by a caterpillar. But then apparently one of the grips and they're like the toughest guys of on course. sets mm. cried when he got stung by one like two days before and went to hospital. So I was like, oh, I'm all right then. I didn't cry. It wasn't like this little wiener over here. Like, They're crying. Oh, I'll cry all the time. I don't care. <laughs> cry right now. <laughs> do it. Uh, no, don't do it. I don't want to. No, please. It's like watching your uncle cry. It's weird. It's Yo, really weird. your dad and I. <laughs> oh, my dad was my dad was a crier. Like my dad, my dad. Any anything in a movie or television show that was even of moderate emotional gravity, and not, and not even that. I mean, you know, he, he, you would just all of a sudden hear, <laughs> like, he, he, was, he, was very vo- he was very vocal about it. He'd like, be he devastated you by this. Nah, not, I mean, I guess it depends. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, well. When was the last time you cried? I don't remember. It hasn't been this year. Um, but I, I don't even know either. This was probably, I don't know, I guess it was. I guess probably after my last breakup. That is nuts to me that you haven't cried this year. I don't think I have. I don't think I, I have I, I mean, I cry at least a couple of times a week. It's, Sometimes just when a song comes on the radio that I like. You know, I think that would be great because that's very cathartic. Yeah, it's good to have a good cry. Oh, I cried the other day. I was slicing onions for a long period of time. Yeah, that counts. That doesn't, does it count? I don't yeah. think it does count. No, it counts because like, just, like, I had a knife in my hand and I was just, like, the water was just coming down my face. And then the doorbell rang, and it was the delivery guy trying. To, and he's like, I'm, "I'm sorry, we need a signature." And I'm just like, "What faces a signature?" <laughs> like I just I can't type for this. Do, do you think it looked like Those you are my mother's someone. ashes? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was probably. You know, maybe maybe there. I'm sure. You know, there must have been something this year at some point that I watched that unlocked you know there was an episode of there was an episode of game of thrones that almost undid me from la- from this past season mm. which i just watched about a month ago not not the current season but the previous season that and it, and it wasn't that it was sad joffrey. it was just it was so, what joffrey died yeah i was <laughs> so really sorry you. to see really him go <laughs> no do you watch the, do you watch it no i don't okay i don't either all right. Well, then it's not going to make any but sense. But people are obsessed with it. When people start talking about it, I don't watch it. But I'm like, I'm very respectful. It's like, to me, yeah, it's like sure. some kind of religion. I'm like, oh, I get it. You're really into that show. People yeah. are like, they take it very seriously. Like they have Game of Thrones nights. And it's yeah. like, it's what do you deal. watch? Um, I, I like Orange is the New Black. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like um, House of Cards. I love Breaking Bad. Just um, whatever you can get on Netflix, essentially, is what you watch. Basically, yeah. um, the comeback was like my favorite show. Uh, comeback all was through, so like, good. The, yeah, it was so, so good. good. And I watched both seasons back to back. Though, and you're like, it's crazy that they were shot like. How long was there between them? It was like ten seven, years. Ten years. Oh wow! That yeah, the, the original comeback was in 2004, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love Silicon Valley. Which my friend TJ's on. Um, How do you know TJ? We did a movie together. What did you do with TJ? We did Our Idiot Brother with a uh, poor. Oh, right. oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, love I, TJ. He's one of my favorite. I mean, he's he's crazy. Yes. You know, he just won an award as well. He he's won such, yeah. he's so award. funny. Yeah. I try and see his stand up as well because I just I kind of love stand up, but I'm I could never do it. But I like get really scared for them. You know you what get I mean? Scared like, for them. I do That's because it's fantastic. like the, oh, you you've got to make people laugh, and if you don't, you, I couldn't think of anything worse than being stood there. Like I can't deliver a joke uh, mm. either. Like I'm terrible. Like if, so, even if someone would give me good material, it, my delivery would be crap. But he's so good at it, and he like feeds off it. 
I just enjoy watching it. Yeah, he's he's TJ's a button pusher. Yeah, totally. He loves to he loves to fuck with people. Oh yeah. Uh, and also such a sweet guy. I mean, we all we're all part of the same. TJ was a Chicago comic that came over, but we're all in the same. And now, you know, it's just fun to watch your friends start to like, oh, everyone's starting to realize that you're funny, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you you see it because I've known him now for when I lived out here, I was, I guess, 24, 25. So I've known him for like five years. And it's nice because we've all, even when I was living back in England, we've stayed in contact. And like when he got Silicon Valley and just like kind of seeing it all happen, they sold a show to HBO as well, like that he's producing. He's just one of those people that I'm like, he believes in himself so much and he makes stuff happen. that I'm like, he's... He's just going to keep flying, flying. He's great. And he's also, with TJ, you can, I can never tell, even as well as I know him, I, I can never tell when he's fucking with me or when he's being, I got a text from him once, like two years ago. He was like, I'm dating this Republican girl who loves guns. And I'm like, why would you text me that for no reason? He sent me a picture of this girl holding this huge gun. And I'm like, is this a, is this a meme or a joke? Or are you, t- I don't know. I don't I know how say, to respond. I would say he's always joking. Always. And then if he, because I feel like that that's like, a, he lives his life like that. Like he's just wants to make, he loves making people laugh. Yeah. You should come to our Meltdown space. We have a, I own a comedy theater. Oh yeah. I'd love to at come. At Meltdown. And it's all this, all the, the Kumail. He leases it from the queen. I lease oh, it from enough. the queen. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what that's like. For a hundred years. She's real tough. <laughs> the queen. <laughs> she demands queen. her rent. Queen Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we the, there, there's a ton of great. And if you're if you live in the in the center of town, it's right. It's on Sunset between La Brea and Fairfax. It's like right at Meltdown Comics. Yeah, big comic I'm. Store. I'm like. I'm just staying like south of that, like near a. Like I wouldn't third. say. Near a third, but okay. not not on third, but just near there. So <laughs> near you might see me walking around there. Um, Anyone who wants to drop by, it's uh, unit number four. Um, I love a potluck. Uh, bring me stuff. Yeah, I'd love to come. Yeah, it's fun. There, there's a lot of good. Is it like every night? Do you what? What are you like? We have yeah, seven there, nights yeah. a week of shows. The Wednesday night stand-up shows is really fun. Kumail, who's on Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. co-hosts it with the other guy who's usually on the podcast with us, Jonah, and it's. It's really good. It's just a it's just a good room and it's it feels you know, it feels like you're in someone's basement, so it feels a little dirty and fun and Yeah, that's it's, good. It's it's good, you know. It's a comic book shop with a comedy stage in it, so it's it's kind of weird and fun. When I uh when I when I did this movie with TJ, we were in a so we were at Sundance, is Utah, is that where Sundance mm-hmm. is? And he was like, I'm going to do a show tonight. Will you come? And there was maybe like three people there <laughs> and me and my friend. And it was the first time I'd actually ever seen his stand up as well. And he was so amazing. But the fact that he kind of hustles and still goes, even when he'll go to different places, even if there's like he's performing for two or three people, he still does it like full out. Yeah, you got to. You have to. I kind of love that. Yeah. Well, I you... love the life of a comedian. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of us started in rooms where, you know, for the first couple of years, you might, even if there are people in the room, they're all comedians. They're other comedians. Mm-hmm. And if they're not other comedians and it's like three or four people, <laughs> then they're lunatics. <laughs> in some cases, they are. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a show in L.A. for a long time at a laundromat. Mm. And so, you know, like you, you'd, you'd perform next to people folding their laundry. And, and but it, but what's great about it is that if you can figure out how to thrive in those environments, then it kind of makes the rest of it like easy. Eh, it's not, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah. Um. Who's your favorite comedian of all time? 
Well, like, who do you... Well, let's just say, like, currently. Um, I like Bill Burr. There's a guy named Bill Burr. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. Bill Burr's great. Um, uh, David Tell's great. Chappelle's great. Um, there's a guy named Hannibal Burris who's really funny. Um, Natasha Legero, Maria Bamford, Kyle Kinane. She, I went to TJ's 30th birthday. He had, like, a, the roast of TJ, TJ Miller, and she performed, and Natasha did, and she was great. She's, she's very funny. Yeah, she's, she's really funny. And she's kind of, like, tiny and, uh-huh. like, fiery, and you don't expect her to kind of come out with the things that she comes out with. Yeah. I enjoyed her. Yeah, so there's a... There's a lot of really great it's – it's a really good time for comedy right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great people who are, um, um, who are just starting to pop. Uh, and, you know, there was, a, there was a – not to bore you about the history of comedy, but there was kind of a dead space for a long time because there was a big comedy boom in the 80s and the early 90s. And then after that, people got sick of it. <laughs> and so there weren't, like, stand-up specials on television anymore. Yeah. And, and who doesn't like to laugh? It's weird that comedy would ever go out, like, out of fashion. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think people, most people think that comedy is, is all one thing, but comedy is diverse in the way that music is diverse. And so I think what happens is people go, I'm going to go out to see comedy, but you wouldn't say, I'm just going to go see music and then get mad if you're seeing a country band, but you want hip hop. Yes. So I think because... You know, our culture has been so carefully divided into ni- into niche chunks. People like their people expect their very specific tastes to be met. And I feel like part of the problem of the sort of the splintering of our culture through, you know, the internet and a million cable channels are that most people don't feel like they have to come together anymore to really watch one, you know, there aren't a lot of things that everyone watches anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, people watch Walking Dead, they watch Game of Thrones, and there's a couple comedians, everyone knows Louis C.K., and you know, but underneath that, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of other things that are just... Uh, do you find also, it's sort of like music comedy in one way where things go in and out of fashion very quickly, like Austin Powers was like huge, and now it's like, well, now it's just, you watch it and you're like, how is this ever like as funny as I thought it was, or whatever, well, you know what I mean? It goes yeah. in and out of fashion so quickly. Part I feel like there's like five years like for a comedy like actor in movies, and then it kind of it goes on to something else. I think it's because comedy is a, jokes are like magic tricks, because you're basically, you know, you're surprising someone, you're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to reveal some sort of a shared truth that everyone had, and I'm just going to sound like a fucking asshole, but you're trying to reveal some sort of shared truth that everyone has or maybe didn't knew but didn't know that they knew, but you're also kind of surprising them or shocking them, and it's sort of like a magic trick. Once you see the magic trick, you can't watch the same magic trick mm-hmm. for five years. Once you see it, you're like, oh, yeah. People can listen to songs over and over again, but they can't listen to the same jokes over and over again because they know where it's going. But that's what's so crazy for a comedian as well is that you have to keep coming up with new material. Yes. It's like you might have like a great set, but once it's done, it's like, well, you've got to come up with another one. <laughs> you know, you can't just keep doing the same thing. Yeah, but that's what keeps it fresh. You wouldn't yeah. want to do the same thing. I mean, but like, who can keep thinking of funny things like that? You, you just have to. You just, or, or, you don't, or you have to stop. Yeah. You know, or you, or you just stop. It always impresses me. I just find it like I, I find it the hardest sort of art form that there is. To me, I think acting is is hard because I nah, it's easy. No, but <laughs> just like taking someone else's words and then but and then you're stuck to it and you can't you can't 
be elastic with it and you know brain surgery is hard brain surgery no that's that that's not really very hard either <laughs> I feel like acting is much harder than brain one surgery wrong move <laughs> acting and stand up are the hardest things to do <laughs> in the world period no but I but, I, but I'm always pediatric surgery is probably pretty hard you know once you get the hang of it though it's pretty... <laughs> honestly manual labor would be hard for me I feel yep. like anything kind of like, like building a house or something I think it's all relative right yeah, yeah. of course and the truth of Brain the matter surgery is easy though. Very easy, easy one, dude. Sure. No, I get the truth of the matter is human beings are very adaptive and you and, and if someone told you like you if you have to figure out how to build this house or you will die, you would figure it out. Sure. I mean it wouldn't be very good. I wouldn't want to live in it after. No one but... said it had to be good or livable <laughs> at all. But it's just like the dog, you know, like before the dog, you were like, Oh, I couldn't have a dog, and now you have a dog, and it's, it's you're adapted to it, and it totally works. Yeah. What type of movies do you like? Do you like horror or sci-fi or do you like drama um i like i mean i'm a big coen brothers fan i like comedies but like sort of based in a drama do you know what i mean like i think the coen brothers do that so well because i find myself laughing at stuff and it's sort of bizarre but you feel it's not like a comedy right but i also love those as well i do tend to watch a lot of comedies one of my favorite movies is death becomes her oh of course yes i love yeah it's such a great movie and meryl streep I, I mean, I love her in serious movies, but like in comedy, I think she's like one of the funniest women. But see, that's one of those movies that I feel like it didn't. You that movie? I think that movie holds up. Like, there's there's a handful of comedies that yeah. totally hold up, and it's kind of amazing. Like the way that the, when the, her neck goes through in the hole in her stomach, it doesn't look ridiculous. Yeah. You're like, how did they do that? Then it was kind of ahead of its time. Yeah, well, they were really they they were they did really. Was that mostly practical effects, or did they they did some? Uh, I think CG. there was some green screen there happening green there, screen but yeah. A lot of practical effects. Is that is that is that what you want to? I mean, do you want to do do you uh, do you audition for comedy stuff ever, or are your agents like, no, you? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm not so much like American comedy stuff because I'm not. I, I'm I'm English, and I feel like with uh, like sitcoms or things like that, there's no way I could do it because I just I'm not American. Like I can do an American accent, but the rhythm of like the comedy timing, I think I would find difficult. I feel like with comedy, I'm I'd be able to do it like in English accent or like what. I find funny, but I can't do like the American sitcom thing. So yeah, so you know, so many of the so many British actors are coming here and taking jabs away from American. Oh well, we, yeah, we've been told to by the Queen. So <laughs> we're trying to get America back, and we're starting with the entertainment they're just, industry. They're just like getting us back for Bridget Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. How did she get that job? There was Kate Winslet. She's really English. I have no idea how she got that job. <laughs> she was great. She was in great that, at though. it. But yeah. also, you just it kind of goes like. Wow. Oh, I right. do. I do feel like a lot of American act, accent uh, actors can do great British accents, but there's no opportunity for the, for them to do it because it's like, well, Who we hardly ever? make any movies, and With we've the exception got of ton Peter of Dinklage. British, yeah. Yeah. On, on Game of Thrones, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I hope it comes out one day that uh, Ray Fiennes is from Kentucky. <laughs> that would be amazing. The biggest secret in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it was Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Changed his name to Rafe. Uh, well, because on you know, of course, on pretty much everyone's British on Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, mm, like all yeah, the Andrew Lincoln and yeah. uh, who else is on the show? Oh, David Morrissey is yes. on the show. He, yeah, yeah, he was great. British, and he's Lauren Cohan is British. And she's on the show, and uh, but I think it's I think the leap from British to Southern accent is a little bit 
It's a, easier, apparently. A little bit different, yeah. Well, I got told it was easier because the, the southern accent is the only one that sings song in the same way that a British accent is. Like, it has more variation and it has, like, a sing-song effect, like, in, apparently, an English accent does. Right. So it's easy. The intonation of what, how you're saying things is similar. Right. The southern one, the rhythm. You want, If you guys want to kill these walkers, we're going to have to get together. I mean, like, it's very... It is very... Uh, but then I feel like the standard American accent... Which is just sort of doesn't really have a regional affectation. I feel like that one's hard for people to do. Yeah, there's definitely certain words that like will throw you off. Like it, like process and it's like process, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's ours too. If you watch the first season of House, and Hugh Laurie is a fucking amazing actor, but the first season, a lot of his R's go up at the end and then it changed it like season two he worked on it well it's the hardest well you know who's doing... not working on it Liam Neeson he's no just he's not at all his version. he's always Irish <laughs> he's like, I'm always Irish even when I'm a CIA person who's trying to find my daughter I'm still gonna be Irish I'm just a simple man from Des Moines no you're not at all <laughs> that's the thing too like Pierce Brosnan in the last James Bond movie he did he just fucking no attempt at an English accent he was just full Irish in that movie oh yeah 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 well that's why it's it's interesting it's, it's you know if you watch Tenant on Doctor Who but then you hear his actual accent is very Scottish yeah and it's it's almost it's almost off putting to hear the disparity between that yeah I know what you mean actually and I feel like there's a when you do an American accent on a TV show. You're working, you're doing like eight pages a day. You don't get to work on it. Like if you're doing a movie, you're like, well, this is everything I'm saying in the movie and I can go through it with a dialect coach and make sure it's like, I'm on it. But with TV, it's just not like that. So I feel like, I don't know how anyone would stay in another accent and not mess up at all. You just got to rely on like the ADR so you can like correct things. What is your standard, I want to hear your standard American accent now. So if we're we're just having like a regular conversation. So did you, um, have you been to the Grove yet? Yeah, yeah, I've been to the Grove. And what's your favorite? Uh, what do you What do you like to do with the Grove? I really like J Crew because we so have that good. in England, and it's so expensive compared to here. Like it's cheaper here. It's like the only thing I think that's cheaper here. <laughs> well, Gap's probably cheaper here too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and the Gap always have like seventy percent off. Yeah. Every time you go in there, you're like, "How is there another clearance?" So, are you going to get an Apple Watch? Have you been to the Apple Store yet? No. No, is that an Apple Watch? Yeah. What does it do? It does a lot of really fun things. There's apps on it, and it's got a little animated, you know, like this little animated Mickey face on it. How much do you use it, though? Because I would think that I would just use my phone. Because this is more finagly than just going <laughs> like this. You think that, but it actually does. Tell me, I use, I use mine a lot. Do you use back my, to yeah. a regular watch. You are? Why'd you go back to the regular watch? He hated it. I just was like, today I was <laughs> like, I have these expensive watches that just sit. Because of this dumb thing that literally... All that Omega Watch does is tell time just because James Bond had one. No, this is the NASA qualified... This is the first watch on the moon. <laughs> but it, all the Apple Watch that does is save me That was the first watch this. on the moon? Not literally, but <laughs> oh. it was the same kind. Okay. I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> you really dressed up. <laughs> guys, you're aware of this, but I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I've also purchased the moon. I was not aware of that. Uh, I'm I'm am still delighted that you're that you're still in the oh shall I shall I, shall I come no, keep oh, doing no, it no, keep oh, doing no. it I love it I love it I love it have you been to Santa Monica yeah yeah I've been to Santa Monica yeah <laughs> do you like the beach uh no 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 I She's I don't really English. go to the beach I, like but the I grew beach. up near the beach Did sure really? yeah one of the nicest beaches in England and so I don't. I just kind of like I live like ten minutes from it in England. I just, don't like the sun. I do not like. Yeah, the but sun. the nicest beach in England is like the most delicious thing on the Pizza Hut menu. <laughs> 
Hey, man. <laughs> you might want to take off your fancy watch right now. Janet, describe your perfect Sunday. <laughs> My perfect Sunday? Mm-hmm. What's your perfect Sunday? Uh, okay. Um, I'd probably sleep until like midday. Mm-hmm. Then I'd go to the griddle and get some pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would go home and I'd like watch some TV, uh, maybe see some friends, like maybe have a little smoke, chill out, <laughs> relax, you know, be in my pajamas all day. That would be my perfect Sunday. That's a good Sunday. My favorite thing about your accent, which is great, by the way, is that there is an automatic character associated with that, and I can't help that because when I worked as a, I worked as a nanny and I used to do this thing where I because I kind of get bored I think sometimes and she was a lot of fun the girl that I looked after she was like five and I would have this fake I'd have this uh, this Jasmine character and I'd be like so I'm not picking you up tomorrow but Jasmine my friend from America is coming but Jasmine was like evil she like wouldn't wouldn't help with homework she would like she'd make her eat all the broccoli she was like really strict but I would like do it for like the whole day I'd be like hi I'm Jasmine Janet's friend picking you up from school except for the other mom. I would, wouldn't want to do it in front of them because I'd be embarrassed. But with kids, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, they think I was cuckoo otherwise. <laughs> That's amazing. Were you ever worried, like, what if your personality, what if you get stuck in Jasmine and your personality splits? Well, she'd always be like, I want Janet back now. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll call her, but, you know, you said you wanted Jasmine today. So then I'd, call, then I'd come back in the room and be like, okay, I'm back. Jasmine told me it didn't work out. <laughs> I think I'm just illustrating that I'm completely nuts right now. <laughs> Free spirit. Yeah, no. yeah, free spirit. That's how I like to go. That's, how, that's what I like to say. No. no medication for a free spirit, right? Completely nuts would be if you were talking in that voice and I was like, oh, that's a really great accent. And you were legitimately like, what accent? And then you were just frozen. In I was it. like Daniel Day-Lewis. I was like becoming it. <laughs> <laughs> On set, everyone has to acknowledge you as a witch. As having made a sacred pact. I mean, quite a lot on set, they do compare me to Daniel Day-Lewis, which, you know, <laughs> I'm like, fine, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty in it, guys. I get it. Yeah, I get <laughs> I it. I get the similarities. I mean, yeah. we're, we're both all right actors. What if, what if Jasmine is real and Janet is the made-up character? Well, I could, I could never have grown up in England. I could have just been making that up. We don't really know. From America, and this is, like, just to make me seem smarter. Because I can say really stupid things, but people think I'm much smarter. Yeah. Because of the accent. Yeah. Thank Ralph God for the accent. I've always got that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you said, like, if you, if, if you started describing creationism in a British accent, people would be like, it sounds authoritative. Sure. What's creationism? Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> See, it still sounds smart. In your accent. So you're like, oh, she she must know. She, of course she knows. Yeah, exactly, Janet. What is creationism? Like, philosophically, what is... Uh, I feel like, I mean, we've had, we've kept you here for over an hour. I don't want to, I don't want to ransack your whole day. But... What does Gary say? Yeah, we should wrap up. Gary, Gary wouldn't have said that if I hadn't brought it up. <sighs> Gary's the boss of me. Gar- <laughs> Do you guys have a? Are you on a, a any sort of press tour right now? No, I mean, I we've, I finished shooting, so now I'm like available, like for things, and we're doing. What are we doing? Extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing extra. Extra. Egg. Do it all this Jasmine. Oh, you're headed to Universal City Walk? Is it City Walk or is it at the Grove? Which one's at the Grove? City Walk. Grove's gone. They don't do it there anymore. They moved to. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I had stopped going to the Grove for a while because they're because they have. These guys all oh, run, all run around yeah, at yeah. the Grove. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Do you get papped? Yeah, oh. and 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 it's and 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 I'm I'm an uncomfortable. I don't know how to. 
Well, it's all right if you know you're going somewhere to get pat, like if you're doing something for like to promote your show or something. But if you're just like shopping at the Grove, well, if like, I just if I'm just going to off. get if I'm just going to get like a, a USB cable or an HDMI cable at the yeah. Apple Store, I don't I, I yeah. don't. Well, uh, go to the. You don't want to be like, hey, yeah. I know. I don't. I don't want to get a wardrobe stylist just so I can go buy a fucking <laughs> yeah, uh, and then just, charging cable. Then they'll just out of nowhere go, Chris. What do you think about Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> I, and then you're like, ah! <laughs> you just start screaming. Please, please don't. Curled up in the fetal yeah, position how, in front of they, Forever Twenty One. This is how they get you. That's why. Yeah, it's very. Do they do 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 they do that to you? No. No, I, I mean, only when, like, I have I'm a, something for an event. I mean, in Shreveport, there's, like, a lot of people who, like, obviously they know that we're the show that's shooting there. So I get, like, people come up to me and talk to me there, but not really. I don't think I'm easily recognizable. People often think that they know me or that they've, oh, I've gone into this shop before or whatever. They're like, have you been in here before? You've been in here. You were in here yesterday. I'm like, no. They don't know where they know me from. Do you know what? That's a, pre- that's a precursor to everyone knowing who you are. But I love this part. I don't want to get to the next part. I couldn't think of any. I do sometimes feel like people are looking at me a lot, but sometimes that just feeds my ego. I'm like, I guess I look good today. <laughs> also, you know, you were on billboards all over the city too. Yeah, no, I, I, I heard about it, but I didn't really. See, I saw like maybe I came for some press, and I saw like one well, or two. Just because of them. you didn't see them doesn't mean they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But you don't, you don't look. I didn't look at it and think there I am. I was like, they did a good job making me look really good on that billboard. <laughs> no one's gonna recognize me. <laughs> but Salem is a really fun show, and I think I, I've been telling people to watch it for a while now, and and uh, I get lots of time to because I. I have to batch watch everything, um, but you know the part of the thing that's really annoying is that because I I travel I go I travel out of town every weekend to go do stand up and and you would think well I'm on planes and in hotel rooms I could watch stuff there but the internet service is so bad on planes and in hotel rooms that I can't you and can't by the way I'm not stuff. I'm hotel not hotel rooms it's not bad I've been I've been having a I've been having a run of really bad yeah. um, and I had to call. This is boring. I had to call tech support at a hotel I was staying at, and the guy was like, "Are there three thousand people staying in your hotel?" And I said, "I don't know, but probably not." And basically, the the, the internet was being uh, sandbagged by the fact that it still the the server thought it still had three thousand open connections, and so it just I've been getting a lot of that lately, and so things will start to load. And then I'll just go back and try to watch them later, but then it's the it's reset, so then I have to start over. Yeah. You know, especially if I'm streaming stuff. So. But sometimes in hotels, there's like a free internet service, and then there's like a premium yeah, you one. You're like, the... who wants to pay for it? that? Annoys me though, but you have to because otherwise you can't even like check your emails. You're like, this free one is. Yeah, and they tell you they tell you in the you can get the regular one, which is good for checking emails. And looking at text-based things, and the other one's like everything that you want to do. It's like, here you can watch video and stream music. $25 a day. You're like, this seems a little steep, to be honest. Make new friends. Yeah, I know. I know. And it really, because it does not cost cost that much to connect to the internet. Not at all. No, it's such a fucking scam. The other thing that's a scam is like the valet parking when you stay in a hotel. When you've like paid for your hotel room and you're paying like a fortune, and then like, yeah, it's $30 to park your car, and there's nowhere else you can park your car, and you've got to tip the fuckers as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Really thing. They, uh, I found. I, I will Sorry, tell you, not the fuckers, but you know what I'm saying. No, those fuckers. Um, those hardworking ballet fuckers. <laughs> those pieces <laughs> of give, shit with that dreams. I give two dollars to when they bring my car. But they, uh, um, uh, I, I can tell you from experience that the shittier the hotel, the 
actually the better and cheaper the internet service is because they have to try harder. Ah, that's good. That's right? Good you know, like a really nice hotel is like dating a really attractive person where they don't really feel like they have to put in as much effort because they're hot and they already win. Yeah. And so you are gonna... And they have free yeah, champagne yeah. at sundown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but in general, like that's where you'll see more add-ons at the nicer hotels. Because they know their clientele can afford it, and also uh, because it's 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 exclusionary. So, uh, so you know, if you want good free internet, you could stay at a Hampton Inn or like a Holiday Inn Express. Um, you know where it does free breakfast? That's a nice hotel, and I'm a big fan of that. You can just go and have breakfast. It's the London Hotel, and you can call London for free. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't know you could like do that. That's like part of their like thing. You can call well, any Gordon London Ramsey number. The restaurant's free. gone now in there, so I have no reason to go. In L.A.? Yeah. The Why'd they get rid of it? Yeah, the, le- his, the restaurant lease came up, and then the London was like, eh. What did they put I in think, there? I think they are running the restaurant now. Whatever that whatever that space is is going to still be a restaurant, but it's going to be run I have stayed hotel. in this one, and I've stayed in New York, New York one a lot. I like the London Yeah, the one in, in, mid, in mid, is it like Midtown, the yeah. one in New York? Yeah, like I think I stayed there for an upfront or something. Fifth or something. 35th or 26th. I feel like it's like between where the guitars are. I just... Yeah, just yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I like... Negotiate the city. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like music, right? You know. I just realized... I don't know why. This is going back to a much earlier thing, and then I'll let you get out of here. I just realized that I think part of the reason why I haven't had a good cry this year is because I've been specifically avoiding watching really dramatic things that are upsetting. Oh, maybe you should change that. (laughs) Have a cry tonight and take a selfie and post it. (laughs) (laughs) Watch 12 Years a Slave tonight and tell me you didn't cry. All right. (laughs) Hey, Shane, it's Chris. I'm having a hard time over here. Yeah, really long. I'll put it on Instagram. Beautiful. Are you? Where can people find you on the uh, on on Twitter and in, are you are you in Instagram? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Just I guess you just type in my name, right? I don't. I'm not very tech savvy, and I just. Well, what's your you? What's your what's your Twitter oh, handle? It's, oh, it's such a my Twitter handle is at j a y r m o n t y j r monty. Okay. Because um, I couldn't get my. I mean, name I know I'm following you, so I know it. I know. I... And then my Instagram is so random. It's like because I didn't know that like what I typed in as my username was going to be like my handle. It's it's at fanix seventeen f a n n e x one seven. It was the printer like cartridge thing that was next to me when I came up with it, <laughs> and I used it. And now people like, are like, what is it? Like, is it just your name? And I'm like, oh, it's fanix seventeen. And they're, they're like, why? I'm like. Long story, not really. Because it almost <laughs> sounds like Fanny, which is which means something different than it does here. Well, here it means but, bum, yeah. and it means vagina. It in means England. vagina can in I, England and but Australia. You can say vagina. You could say pussy if you wanted to. Like you could say whatever you want. There's Vagina cunt. You could say cunt too. Mm-hmm. You can drop okay. the C bomb. Sounds so much better with your accent. Okay, okay. Just before you leave, drop the C bomb as Janet and then as Jasmine, and it's. I, I promise you, okay. anyone listening, it will be infinitely more jarring as Jasmine. Okay, Janet thinks you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine thinks you're a cunt. <laughs> this is so jarring with an American accent. So I'm so jealous of British people. That is you... that because you think you like have like you don't pronounce your T's in the same way? So cunt. When I say cunt, I like do a, like a, a T. Whereas when you say cunt, do you like kind of shut it off? You shut it off, and I think I think what you're hearing is that um, you know English being descended from a Germanic. You know we're part of the Germanic language tree, and then also the American accent was you know the the the, the the people that fled England went to 
to they they they're we're like Dutch basically. Mm-hmm. We're we're a lot of Dutch, and I think so. We have more of a hard like our language sounds a little harder on the edges, and so I think that's probably why when you say cunt, like it just it just sounds like cunt, you know, like it just it just sounds so. It just sounds so- like Hitler then. God, <laughs> why do people keep saying that to me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think mostly it's your recent thoughts on the Jews, Chris. No, that is not. I didn't say anything. That's why people keep saying no, you Matt, sound. You're just making that up. No, no. I did. I did just go to Austria, and I did try to speak. I did try to speak German so that I wasn't just like a, another American expecting everyone to bend to my customs. And and I did. Do they not speak Austrian there? They speak German. Oh, do they? They're German. Yeah, Austrian. Austrian is a it's it's, it's a German speaking. I've never been, but I didn't a, know they spoke German there. Amazing. I've heard it's beautiful. I'd love to go. It's it's the most stunning. Oh my god, it was it was incredible. But to me, you know, even in German, uh, the one phrase that I would say over and over again, I would say, "Es tut mir leid, uh, ich kann keine Sprache Deutsch," which means like I don't speak German. But everything in German sounds like you should be pounding your fist and going, "Why did you leave the milk on the counter?" Like it, yeah. it's so it's like German is like scolding, no, you and you feel like everyone's telling you off. Like you call up for more towels in a hotel room in like Berlin, and you're like, oh, "Right," like they're like nine, nine. <laughs> okay, jeez. No, I don't need nine towels. Just one. <laughs> Come on, dude. That's why the Daleks talk like this. Because they were they were, they were offshoots of yeah, the of, ge- the, of yeah, the Germans. The Germans yeah. Everyone talks like this. Mm, Nazis. Stephen Moffat, you must put Janet Montgomery on an to, episode of Doctor Who. I don't think we should start talking about Nazis. <laughs> you no, now. you should. You know, so, I, you know, someday. So you find out that I love Nazis. I don't want to. It's my one weakness. <laughs> I love kids and uh, puppies and Sundays, Nazis. And Nazi memorabilia. Uh, grape juice. Like, and it's just like, whoa, what? That's a, there, there's an old kids in the hall sketch that's like, it's like career ending moments. And, and someone and one of the kids in the hall, it was a sketch troupe, sketch troupe. And he's accepting an award. Oh, I'd like to thank, you know, my family and all my friends and my agent and Hitler and all the kids. Who, oh like, and he just like, <laughs> just like skates right over it. But uh, it was wonderful to meet you in person. And and thank you for... uh, I know I started harassing you on Twitter to get you on the podcast months ago. So thank you for... Oh, no. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we worked it out. Because months ago, I was still like in Shreveport. And I was like, oh, I don't think I get to go. But then... But it all worked out. It all worked out. And I really... And I was a little nervous meeting you because I'm a big fan of your show. So so I I was a little like... I don't know. I was a little flustered. Oh, so I was nervous because I get nervous. I'm just going to say something stupid, like you know, I love Nazis or something <laughs> no, like that. No one would say that. I mean, why would that come out of my mouth? Never, you never no, know. Who would I get say nervous. That? Yeah, who would say that? <laughs> <laughs> you could see a clip on TMZ. <laughs> That's where you got to be careful. Oh, you know, God. if you have a fucked up sense of humor. It's a dangerous business. The more famous you get, because you could just say stuff and then people clip and you go, "No, I can't. I'm not." But the other option is you lose your personality and your humor because you're so frightened to say anything, and then you just come across like an idiot. Right. So it's like you know what? I'm just gonna have to accept that I'm part of my like charm and uh, and humor comes from being slightly offensive sometimes. Which, by the way, again, because you have the British accent, uh, makes it way more palatable. So you're going to be fine. It's good to know. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just, keep hold of this one then. So no Janet. more Jasmine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Janet Montgomery. The, how many people have brought up the connection between your last name and the other? Elizabeth Montgomery. Right. Too many. Well, I wasn't going to. Good. If that's what you were worried about. <laughs> I mean, she's kind of like the most famous TV witch ever as well. Yeah, but it was, it was a different time. And I can't do that thing that she did with her nose. How the 
Did she do I that? I don't know. So how, who can Tons isolate of coke. their nose? Tons of coke. Do you think that was part of the audition process as well? <laughs> they were like, can you move your nose no, without moving any was, other parts of your face? You know, I just like to imagine that uh, she and uh, the whole, they were just doing tons of coke, tons of line, yeah. and then they, they, like, she was trying to get it <laughs> off the tip of, of her nose. Like, do that, do that. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be really funny if you took all the witchcraft out of Bewitch and just made it seem like she was a cokehead that this guy was living with. She's like, I'll just pop over to uh, another state. And then she wiggles her nose, but then nothing happens and everyone's got to pretend like, okay. I'm sure you could do, I'm sure there's some kind of technology where you could take an episode of uh, Bewitch uh, and make it like that. You could have her doing cocaine and use like the images and get her to do other, manipulate it to do other things. Yeah, that is basically the whole series is about this advertising executive who has to manage his wife with a severe personality disorder. Yes. That would be amazing. And that they the whole the whole it's it's like the whole story is told from in her mind what she thinks is happening. But if you were actually to see the reality of what was happening, there was no like her her mother actually was dead, and that's why you always see her hovering in the back of the room, like in her head. She's yes. always yeah. you got to make this happen. Yeah. Can you do it? Can you I, start I can on now. It? Yeah, yeah, no, cool. I can. I can. Yeah, you whip I, I, that I, I up. Could, yeah, I can do that now. Cool. Yeah, I'll do that. But uh, such a such a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you, you so too. much. Thanks so much. Yes, of course. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.